Let's continue, Be'ez Hashem. We started yesterday the halachas of Gneva, Gzela, stealing. I'd like to continue. Uh, just one other hakdoma that I want to mention based on what we said yesterday. We talked about that when a person steals, when a person takes that which does not belong to him, his tefillahs are no longer answered. And he calls out and he's not answered. Which is quite a, quite a heavy statement, but it's chazal. I want to go in the opposite direction just for a moment before we continue. And today, Be'ez HaShem, I want to start some of the practical applications of the halacha to try to get to some of what's nagea to us, maybe even on a daily basis. So, there's a Gemara in Tainis, Tavchov Gimel, uh, that basically tells us the following Maisa. A Maisa of Abba Chukia, who was the son of Chani Amagel, the famous Chani Amagel. And it's an interesting situation, Chani Amagel, famously, whenever rain was needed, right, they called him, the Rabbanim asked him to daven, and he davened, and it rained, it was Gavaldik. Any one time, this, the Gemara tells us the following story, that rain was needed, and the Rabbanim sent two messengers to go and tell him, please daven for Klali Swap, please daven for rain, we need rain, the Olam needs rain in their fields, and their, you know, in their various places where they're going to grow things. Now they found him on the field using a hoe, and they told him, Shalom Aleichem. And he did not answer, he didn't even turn his head to them. In the evening, they were following him, he took home some wood, he put the wood on the hoe on one shoulder, and his shirt on the other shoulder. He only wore the shirt on one of the shoulders. And the whole way home, he wore shoes, but as soon as he got to the stream where the water is, he took off his shoes. Now, when they came to a place, the Gemara tells us the whole story, I'm going to continue. When he came to the place of thorns, he picked up his robe, and he draped it over his shoulders. When he came home, his wife, fully made up, came to greet him, and they entered the house, he told her to go in first, and then in he went, and then in the two guests. When it was time to eat, he did not offer the guests anything to eat. He then gave two pieces to his younger son, and one to his older son. He then tells to his wife the following. He says, I know these two Rabbonim came here that we should daven for rain. So let's go to the attic. Now, Kodesh Borchush, Be'ez Hashem, and he davened the whole thing. They went to the attic. One went to one corner, one to the other corner. All of a sudden, the clouds came out and it started to pour and it started to rain. And they said, Gavaldik, what a Gavaldik yid that this is. And they said, you should, um, and he said, listen, Rabbanu Shem did it, you don't even need Abba Chokia. And they said to him, okay, very nice, we know that the rain came because of you, but could you, could you tell us, like, what on earth just happened? Like, what was the story? Like, what, what just went on over here? What happened? So he said the following, why didn't you turn to us when we said Shalom Aleichem? And he said, because, what do you mean? I was hired as a worker, and I get paid by the hour, paid by the day. And therefore, how can I waste time by turning my head in your direction? I will be wasting time from my boss. My boss pays me per hour, pays me for the day, and you might think to yourself, oh, come on, I'm just turning your head, what's the big deal? But Chazal telling us, yeah, obviously is a big deal. If you're being paid by the hour, being paid by the day, that's what he said, why didn't you put wood and the home on your bare shoulders? He said, because the talus that I had that was draped around me was a borrowed item, and it was only borrowed for a normal usage. If I would have put the wood there, it would have got splinters in it. That's not why I borrowed it. And you would have thought, oh, big deal. Come on, someone gives you something, you can't put a piece of wood there. Maybe it's going to get a splinter. Come on, what's the difference? The answer is again, Hazal are telling us that when you borrow something from somebody else, you can only use it for its intended purpose. And he says, so why did you wear shoes the whole time? You got to the water, you removed them. He said... 
because the whole time I was able to see where I was stepping on in the water, I wasn't able to see, and there may be a fish or snake, snake there that would bite the shoe, and never took off the shoe. So why did you pick up your clothes when you got to the thorns? He said, because at the end of the day, my body will heal, but the hole in the garment will not. And he went on and on and on, which I don't want to go to right now. Look at the Gemara of Gimel and Tanis itself. But the Sodu Chazal is, that's how Homer it is. When you're working for somebody, and you're getting paid by the hour, or getting paid by the day, Yes, to take off a few minutes, even though we know, Chazal tells us the Gemara Brochus, that what? Chazal tells us that even they made a shortened version of Brochus HaMozim. Even though Brochus HaMozim was a Daraisa. But you can't take time that someone's paying you. You can't cheat someone out of the time. It makes a difference if you borrow something. So again, Chazal tells us clearly, what was it used for? What's the intended usage? A person has to know, right? The Gemara tells us famous name is after Shabbos. Dafiyomi, you probably remember this morning. The Gemara tells us for what? Somebody was caught stealing. Well, he wasn't caught stealing, but they wanted to catch the guy. What's he gonna, well, how are we going to find the guy who steals? We know he steals. And one of the Rabbanim found a yid who was wiping his hands on a, on a coat of somebody else. It was in the coat room. And he found a jacket and he needed to dry his hands. He dry, Aha! You're the thief! How do you know? How do you catch me? Because if you're not mukbin on someone else's possessions, then obviously you're not mukbin on stealing also. So we see again and again in Chazal, they teach us that the smallest, darkest, sensitive things that a person can be over on by the Allah of stealing. Okay. <coughs> now that we know a little bit of the Agdoma, let's start by Hashem some of the Allah <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I want to start from the Makar. Let's start from the Makar. The Torah is like this. Parashas Kedoshim. Le signoivu. This is the Makar, which basically tells us that when a person steals from somebody else, and we're going to discuss now, hopefully, Be'ez Hashem today and tomorrow, some of the practical applications of stealing. So, what is he over on? He's over on basically three lavim in the Torah. He's over on Gneva, which is stealing in a hidden way. Most people, when they steal, they don't openly steal. No one's going to go to your wallet and take out $100 while you're watching him. He's going to do it when you're not watching. And therefore, that's called stealing. That's called gneva. That's being done in a hidden way. Then there's gzela. Gzela is in an open way. That can often be in a situation where people don't even realize that the halacha is that it's asa. And they think it's okay. And that can be in an open way. And there's oishik. Oishik is a halacha of withholding payment, which I'm not sure we're going to go too much into detail, but I want to concentrate on those stealing. Now we know the Gemara Baba Kamai in Tesla Mabes tells us that the Esim, Ganav, and the Gazan have very similar halachas, but a Ganav is obviously Muhammad. Why is a Ganav Muhammad? A Ganav is Nafkabin and a Gabidalaz. But hey, the Ganav is Muhammad because he steals in private. He doesn't want anyone to see. But I. What's, what's with that? No, the Rabbani Shemichmai says, that, that, that doesn't bother me. People, that bothers me. So he goes in the night. He goes when the guy's out of his room. He goes when no one's watching. Ah, oh, he steals then. Because the guy won't see me. I do Rabbani Shemichmai. No, that's worse. Rashi, because someone openly steals, so he doesn't care about anybody. Fine. The Gemara brings a marshal. But we come out and tell some base of two people that make a huge party. One guy invites nobody. The second guy invites everyone except for the king. Which guy is the king more upset with? Guy number one and guy number two? Obviously guy number two, right? Because you invited everyone except me? Says the Gemara Baba Kama in Tesla base. Same thing. When a person steals in secret, he changes a couple of dates on the document. He doesn't... He wouldn't want anyone to know. If anyone would know, he'd be embarrassed, right? He doesn't want to do that. So he does it in private. No one knows about it. He cheats. He does a shtick, whatever it is. But he wouldn't tell anybody. That's worse. Because you invited everyone except for the king. We won't show I don't know about you, but you know, as long as nobody else sees, then it's okay. That's a very big problem. <coughs> Let's move on to our body side. 
Okay, let's go through some of the klalim. Okay, let's go through some of the klalim of stealing. Again, some of these things are going to be, I think, a chiddush to a lot of people. Okay? There's a sma in Chosha Mishpat Semen Shin Memches, Base, that says it's also for a person to steal even if your kavan is to return it. Now, people do these things, right? It's a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm going to return it. Stop, I'm just taking it for the moment. Says the sma, Halacha Lamaisa, that is called an Isra, that's called stealing. When you take something from someone, he's going to come back to you and say, oh, where's it gone? What happened? What's going on? He gets all nervous, whatever. Then he comes back, oh, I got it. That's called stealing. You were just over on stealing. Okay? That's number one. Number two. The Gwan Baba Metziah, Samachala from a base, tells us even if you steal, as Kavana to benefit the person, so it's going to be Asa. Right? For example, the post can discuss what happens if you've got a family member who's got a really, really, really old hat. And you're like, the guy's not going to afford a new one. I'm, I'm going to buy him a new one. I'm going to steal the old one and then I'm going to put the new one in place of it. Again, post can say, problem. That's called stealing. That's called stealing. Right? Uh, t- what about to teach someone a lesson? Oh, I'll, t- I'll teach this guy. I'm going to teach him. Ah, he made a noise last night. Ooh, am I going to teach him today? Ooh, ooh. I'm going to teach him. I'm going to take something away. I'm going to steal. But I'm teaching him a lesson. I'm being machanach him. No, not allowed. That's, that's good stealing, right? Pshayna. There could be certain situations on a mutter. A rebbe for a Talmud. A parent for a child. Certain situations, if they're done in the right way, could be it's okay. But stam, friends and all these things, absolutely not. I'll tell you something else. But people don't know. Shulchanol talks about this. Semen shin mem chesen si base. Stealing from a child. Stealing from... I'm going to even talk about a child who's old. So I'm a young kid. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. Under bar mitzvah, under bar mitzvah. That is absolutely halachically called stealing. A hundred percent. For example, let's say you go to Ovis Yabonim. Right? You go to Ovis Yabonim. And you're learning with your child. And they didn't have enough prizes to give out to your kid. So as you're walking out... They give out chocolate bars to everyone. As you come out... You see a kid with two chocolate bars. Hey, give me one of those. My child didn't get You take it away. I'm going to give it to your child. What do you mean? He's allowed. Everyone got one. This guy got two. It's called stealing. Stealing stealing from a child. Stealing from a child is called... I'll tell you something else. Rav Pamzatzal. Rav Pamzatzal used to say that you know what people do? This is how people are going to get... People like take from a child and... Oh, it's just handed in. It's in this one. It's in this one. The child's like trying to grab it from you. Trying to figure out what it's in. Rav Pamzatzal said that's not a good thing to do. That's not chanach. That's not what you should do to children. Stand taking away from them, take something away from them, hide their pacifier, put it in this hand, and then put it in this hand, and then he doesn't know which one it is, and he gets all nervous, he gets all upset. But Pam said, that's not mahalach. That's not good. Family members. People don't think, oh, family members is okay, right? I can take some money from my parents' wallet. Well, it's my parents, right? It's all one big happy family, right? Stealing from a family member is 100% stealing. Without any other, I'll tell you something more than that. What if your mother made fresh muffins, and she says, <clears throat> don't touch any of these muffins. Nobody touches them. They're absolutely out of bounds for any of the children. And you take one, that is called stealing. It belongs to your parents. It doesn't belong to you. The Ramah says in Shin Mem Gimel, in Archaim, that a child, when he gets older, should do tshuva on that which he did when he was a kid. In other words, when you get older and you get more mature and you become a barachiyuva, so then you should do tshuva on that which you did. So anything that's negated to anybody here, they're like, oh my gosh, a couple of people are sweating over here. Right? You do tshuva. You, did, you didn't know. Baruch Hashem, you came today. Now you know. Gavaldi. Stealing from a parent, from a family member, is 100% stealing without any shyly whatsoever. Unless it's something that's a normal thing. Unless something that's a normal thing. You know, it's a normal thing. It's okay. I remember one of the very first times that I stayed with my in-laws. So I, I asked them, like, would you mind if I take food from like the fridge sometimes if I'm hungry? I, you, you'll tell me, oh, come on, it's a normal thing to do. You're right. But I wanted to ask. I wanted to make sure that it was correct. 
family members also included in stealing. What about a joke? I'm stealing for a joke. I'm not really stealing it. I'm giving it back to him. That's included in the Issa. That's called 100%. It's called Gneva. It's called stealing. When you steal for some of a joke, it's a problem. What about stealing your own item back? I've been asked this question a bunch of times by people that are like, this guy took my thing and never gave it back to me or he owes me money. I'm gonna... Can I steal my own item? It's mine. It belongs to me. And he's got it in his room. Am I allowed to steal it back? The Gemara tells us that the victim of Gneva, the Gemara says, and the Yorah HaSholkan paskins this way in Gimel, that if a victim of someone that was stolen something from should not enter into the thief's home in order to take his own item back. Why? Because at the end of the day, uh, it appears that you are being the thief yourself. And therefore that is problematic. Let's move on, Rabbi Sai. Stealing from a goy. You know how many people think that's okay? He's a goy. What's the problem? You're allowed to steal from a goy. The government. You're allowed to, I'm not even going to go into which country. Yeah, whatever. There is a government. There is a government. Whatever it is. Stam, stealing from a goy. Muta or asa. Okay, I'm not talking about a toyas akum. A mistake. When he gives you by mistake, I mean, that's a different shayla. So what? Stealing outright from a guy, right? So the Gemara tells us, The Gemara says, it's absolutely 100% asa. You're not allowed to steal from a guy. And the Gemara learns it out from a pasuk, that when a yid um, is sold as a slave to a guy, and he wants to go free, the Gemara says he has to compensate the guy for the time that he did not yet work, even... If the guy lives in Eretz Yisrael with the Jewish government um, and, and you know whatever it is, but the Maisa is still going to be asked to steal from the guy in that case. And not only that, Chazal tell us that it's worse to steal from a guy than a yid. Why? You're dealing with a much worse that even Misa sometimes is in Machapa for such a thing. When you, when you over Hashem is such a thing, the Sefer Kabbalah writes down, Rabbi Sa, listen to this, that if a person steals money from a guy, the Malach, the angel that of that nation, goes in front of the Rabbi Shalom and complains that his money was stolen, and it's then decreed that Hashem takes money from all the Jews. As I state in the Sifri Kabbalah, when a person steals from a goy, right? Deceiving a goy, right? Not only stealing outright from a goy, but deceiving a goy is also going to be Asa in this case. Says the Sefer Chasidim, just like a person has to act be'emuna. With business with Yidin, he has to act that way with Goyim as well. There's absolutely no heter for a person not to, um, not to act properly when it's dealing with a Goy, especially when you're dealing with the situation of a Kiddush Hashem and a Chel Hashem. The Gemara brings famous Maestro of Shimon ben Shetach that was, he bought a donkey from a Goy. And one of his Talmidim found a diamond necklace hanging from the donkey's neck. So he came to the Heidegger of Shimon ben Shetach and he said, Rebbe, look what we found, a diamond necklace. This is Gavaldic, this is amazing. And the Rebbe said, give it back. He said, what do you mean? The guy didn't know about it. He forgot about it. It's okay, right? He didn't know. What's the problem? He said, I bought a donkey. I did not buy diamonds. And he returned it and he gave tremendous brochas to him, which is an amazing thing. The Be'er HaGoyle, Rabbi Sa, listen to this. The Be'er HaGoyle, brings down, I saw many people that grew rich from taking and fooling from others. They took money that wasn't theirs. They fooled others. Says the Beragoyla, and I saw the money that was returned eventually, and these people was, were rich people. And eventually they lost all the riches themselves and all of their children. It's a tremendous thing. Rabbi, say one last halacha for today. What about stealing a small amount? What about stealing something very, very small? What's the halacha in such a case? 
So there's no nafkamina, right? The Shochanag Paskins and Chosh Mishra, Shem Shinnon Tassif Hei, that there's no nafkamina between how much the item is worth. There's no difference. Afa Pisha Pachos, Mishova Pruta, Ein Nikrim Momoin, says the Shochanag, Mekomokim Chatzishi Asamanatoya, which means there is no nafkamina how much you steal. Oh, it's only a small amount. We know by the Noyach, Shaila, Bnei Noyach, they're only the less than the Shavapruta, all right, whatever it is. But Al Kapodar, Alocha, the Maisa, we Paskin, there's no nafkamina. However, I want to tell you, Meridik Azach from the Orach HaShulchan. That's the Shulchan Orach HaShulchan, the beginning of Shun and Tess and Chosh HaMishpah, but the Orach HaShulchan spells it out, Sikot and Aleph. And he writes that if something is so insignificant, it's something that nobody minds, it's something that's so easy, for example, the post can bring, what about a toothpick? Let's say your roommate has a box of toothpicks next to his bed. Now, he's not there, you would ask him, but he's not there. Am I allowed to borrow a toothpick? Do you think he minds if I take a toothpick? What do you think? What about those Q-tips? Is it called Q-tips? The things for the ear? You know, American. I'm not the English packages coming in. America. Woo! It's like everything is big. There's huge packages, right? You take one. Do you think he minds? Forget about how much it's worth. Yes, and Shabbat Putin. Yes, Shabbat Putin. Do you think he minds? No. A match from the matchbox, for those of people that even remember such things exist. Right? So, you think he minds? Say the post no. Uh, something that's so small, uh, he has a plastic spoon and a pack of a hundred, you take one plastic spoon. Something that's so simple like that, so insignificant, he's generally not marked, but on, however, says the Shulchan, Midus Chasidus, for a person not to take anything without absolutely having either his consent or asking him if you generally mind in that case, unless you know he's very stingy and he actually minds. If you know he actually minds, even on a toothpick or on a Q-tip, then obviously you're going to have problems over there. Okay, Rabbi Sai, there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more that we have to get into, different examples, different things, but Ezra Hashem, we're going to discuss different ideas. Join us tomorrow as we discuss more. Have a wonderful, Gavaldi, good day.